and the 16th verse. The law and the prophets were until John. Since that time, the kingdom of God is preached, and every man presseth into it. This morning, I speak to you on this subject, the power of pressing in. The power of pressing in. The Lord bless you, and you may be seated in his presence. Looking again to our text, Jesus is speaking to those that are disputing at that moment. Trying to separate those that were a part of the law and those who were not. Those that were hungry for spiritual things and those that were not. And he makes this statement. The law and the prophets were until John. John the Baptist. But since John, the kingdom is preached, proclaimed, declared. It is spoken by men, beginning with John, but spreading through those who are his disciples. And every man presseth into it. One translation says of the final portion of this passage that everyone suffers violence to himself for it or is oppressed for it. That is, suffers reproach, contradiction, and persecution for the sake of hearing it. And what Jesus is saying is that once the kingdom of God is preached, those that hear it preached may suffer reproach, persecution, or even contradiction with those who believe otherwise for the sake simply of hearing the gospel. When I was growing up, we used to sing a song in the church. We don't hear it much anymore, but I'm always on and speaking to my wife about the fact that we have to just have a little bit of the old along with some of the new. I don't want to lose the fact that some of these old songs mean something so deeply, not only to our elders, but to those of us who are younger. And we take a little bit of the old and a little bit of the new and we offer it up if perhaps God may receive some of it out of a heart that is pure and consecrated to Him. Some of you may know the song. It says, Blessed Assurance. I heard one man say, I don't have insurance. I just have blessed assurance. <laughs> Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine. I'm an heir of salvation purchased by God, born of his spirit, washed in his blood. This is my story. This is my song, praising my Savior all the day long. This is my story. 
This is my song. Is it anybody's story today? Have you made it your song? Do you praise the Lord Jesus all the day long? I hope that he has affected your story so deeply that your story is just not a Sunday story. And would you come and get your praise on? And then through the week you forget about God. But a true believer is so desperately hungry for God that he affects their story in such a deep way that when they face their week, they do it out of a grateful heart, singing, this is my story, and this is my song. What's my story? I once was lost, but now I'm found. I once was blind, but now I see. I was sick, but the Lord healed me. <laughs> I was bound, but the Lord delivered me. And today, I praise him for his goodness. I thank him for his greatness. I anticipate not only what he has, I thank him for not only what he has done, but anticipate what he's going to do. Because my God is great and greatly to be praised. And I know that he not only can heal my body, but he can make me whole. Because some of you have been healed, but you need to be made whole. God can heal your body, but he can also make you whole. I'm not talking about a little joy that just covers up your hurt, but I'm talking about a joy that gets so deep on the inside that when you raise your hands, you're free, free indeed. You're free to walk the aisles and praise the Lord. I don't have any bitterness towards anyone. I don't have any axes to grind. I don't have any fight with no one. I believe the Lord is on my side and I'm gonna stay on the Lord's side. And I'm going to put all the other stuff in the Lord's hands because I know that he that has brought me this far can take me all the way in. For everyone has a story. I've got a story and so do you. In fact, each story is different. And if I told you the stories that were in this house, you would be amazed. My friend Joseph is here again this Sunday for us. Many of you don't know this but he lives in Cape Coral. And he, last weekend, he has been driving up, and I assume for the last few months or the better portion of a year, on Friday and staying through the weekend so he can get Lyft and Uber rides for people in the Tampa area because the market is not there as much in Fort Lauderdale. He said he had spent, and I didn't know this last week until this week, almost three hours waiting for a ride. He was praying and talking to the Lord. And then he gets a call and he picks up a pastor from Clearwater. And the pastor listens to his story all the way to Clearwater. And when I met him, I knew something was a little different about Joseph. And when we get here right before I got here, I gave him a church card, told him I was a pastor and invited him to church. He said he was rejoicing because he had been praying it was a divine encounter. God knew that for the last year he hadn't been able to be in church on the weekend. And he came to church and he's back again. I don't say that to embarrass him. But I say it as a living example. That no matter where you're at today in life, you may feel like you're alone. That you haven't been able to be where you need to be with God. But God can arrange a lift ride. God can arrange a divine appointment. He can cause you to intersect paths with someone that will step into your life 
and tell you about the only man that can really change your life forever. I'm, I'm a pastor, but I'm not God. But I do know one who is. He just like Thomas when he met him. And if you don't think Jesus is God, then you fail to read the book of John. Because John doubted Jesus until Jesus showed up in his midst. And he said, Jesus said, touch my hands and fill my side. And look at what John said. John said, my Lord and my God. He wasn't confused about who Jesus was. He saw Jesus as God. You step over in the book of Luke and look at the man that was full of demons that God delivered. And when Jesus spoke to that demoniac man, and after he delivered him, he said, I want you to go back to where you came from. And I want you to tell everything about what God has done for you. And look at what the man did. He went back to his city in the same verse and said he told everyone what Jesus had done to him. Thomas, uh, Thomas wasn't confused about who God was. And the demoniac man sure wasn't confused because if God delivers you from some devils, you'll know and you'll know that you know that you know that it was he who stepped into your life. And the man knew that Jesus had touched him and changed his story. What's your story today? Are you content to live the rest of your life letting your story play out? Did somebody tell you that your story's hereditary and you have to live the story that your mom and dad lived? You have to live the alcoholism story. You have to live the health story. That you have to live the story of brokenness and immorality. What's your story? Have you agreed with your enemy regarding the story? Have you become the agreement with your enemy in the earth? Or do you choose to agree with God? That though the enemy has given you a report, you choose not to believe the report. I remember in the midst of a spiritual battle being taken back to Psalms 118. I believe it's somewhere around the 17th verse in which the writer said, I shall live and not die and declare the works of the Lord. And I have that word for somebody today that the enemy has tormented you with death. He has told you you're going to have a heart attack, that you're going to get cancer, that somehow you're going to be full of disease, that you had a hereditary thing that's being passed down and there's no way to avoid it. Well, we're all going to die of something sometime. It's appointed unto man once to die. But I've come today to stand in the face of your fear and to tell you today, today is not the day and now is not the time. And while you still have breath in your body and you still have strength, you need to stand up in the face of your enemy and say, I don't agree with what you have said about me. But I choose to agree with God. And God said I'm healed. God said I'm whole. God said I had a purpose. God says I have a future. He knows the plans that he has for me. They are plans of peace and goodness and his power. So today I choose to move forward in faith and declare that I shall live 
and not die. And while I'm living, I'm going to go ahead and wreak some havoc on the enemy. He lied, but I'm going to speak faith. He declared negativity, but I'm going to speak the positivity of God. And I'm going to say the word of God changes every situation. Anybody alive here today? Would you just tell God that you're going to step into what he has for you today? Give somebody a high five and say, I shall live and not die. Oh, look at them and say, and so shall you. Tell them, you're going to live. Listen, even if you die, <laughs> if you live, it's Christ. If you die, it's gain. You get a promotion. So either way, you win. No matter what the weapon is, I want you to know. Mm, that's about a third of you. No matter what the weapon is, I want you to know that I no matter what the weapon is, I want you to know. No matter what the weapon is, I want you to. You got to declare some things in your life. You get what you speak. You get what you say. I got some people that I like them, but I like them over there. I love them at a distance. I can't hang out with them. Why? Because every time I'm around them, they pull me down. Whew. You know, some people got the spirit of disencouragement. Uh -huh. It'll disencourage you. Well, I know you get excited about the things of God, but let's be realistic. All you got to do is look at the fruit of their life. It's like, do you want to be like that? Do you want your story to be that? Or do you want your story to be that of the plan of God? The purpose and the goodness of God. I want to give you four stories from the word of God. And as I give you these stories today, I want you to walk with me through these stories. Mark them in your Bible. Because when you began to understand that Jesus has a plan for your life. you got to press into it. You've got to press into it. And I feel today that the boldness of the Holy Ghost is going to come into this place. He's going to help me speak to somebody's discouragement, sickness, situation. And something's going to break off of you today. You know how it's going to break off? It's going to break off when you get moving. In fact, that's the problem with America. We live such a sedentary lifestyle. Do you know you'd have more energy if you just got moving? The same thing applies in the spirit. If you just got to moving into prayer and into praise and worship, if you did on Monday what you've just done on Sunday, and you did on Tuesday what you're getting ready to do on Wednesday. If you made your whole week a praise party. If you prayed throughout your week, there's no telling how your story could change. I want you to go with me to the book of Mark chapter 5. 
And I want to tell, share with you the story of a lady that had an issue of blood. The Bible said in the fifth chapter and the 25th verse that a certain woman which had an issue of blood 12 years and had suffered many things of many physicians. They put her through all kinds of programs. They put her through all kinds of practices. And today we have much more sophisticated uh, medical system. But many physicians in that day would practice through many different ways in order to try to heal people. And this lady spent all that she had. She spent everything and was spent. It was nothing better, but rather it grew worse. When she had heard of Jesus, came into the, into the press behind him and touched his garment. For she said, if I may touch but his clothes, I shall be whole. She already had a faith declaration to know that I have spent everything on everything else. But this Jesus is my last chance in order to get a healing. And when she simply heard that Jesus came, that he came and the crowd gathered in behind him, she said, if I could just touch his clothes, I'll be made whole. And straightway the fountain of her blood was dried up. And she felt in her body that she was healed of that plague. And Jesus, immediately knowing in himself that virtue had gone out of him, turned him about in the press and said, Who touched my clothes? And his disciples said unto him, Thou seest the multitude thronging thee. Sayest and sayest thou who touched me? And he looked around about to see her that had done this thing. You see, the reason this is important is because this woman was not a Jew. She was a Gentile. She had a number of strikes against her. Number one, she wasn't a part of God's chosen people. She was a Gentile. She was not favored as the Jews. Number two, she was a woman. And in those days, a woman was not considered on the same level as a man in that society. A second strike against her. And then number three, she was unclean. She was sick. And for her to even be in the crowd meant that she could contaminate all of the holy people that were there. Much less for her to press through the crowd in order to touch the man, Jesus, and to feel his clothes. When she did, the Lord felt the virtue go out of him and into her. And he turned around and said, Who touched me? The woman fearing and trembling, knowing what was done in her. She already knew that she got a healing. Now she was getting ready to get a chastisement. I've talked to people in this altar before who have, who have trembling and crying. Say, so you don't know the addictions that I've had. You don't know the things that I've done. And all I could do is wrap my arms around them and show them God's love. Because I tell you there's nothing that you've done that the blood of Jesus cannot forgive you for. You've not gone too far that his hand cannot reach. 
and you have not been locked away too long that his ear cannot hear you. For if you just choose like this woman to press through the press and to get into the crowd, to push past any person that may somehow hinder you in getting to Jesus, if you'll just get to Jesus, you'll find that he will touch your body and respond to your faith and your faith will make you whole. For the crowd was so big that the only way she could reach Jesus was to press through it. This lady was sick and tired of being sick and tired. As my mama used to say, when you get sick and tired of being sick and tired, then you'll just do something about being sick and tired. Are you going to choose to let your issue be the thing that you hold on to because it gives you identity and it is your comfort. Well, I'm a this and I'm an alcoholic and I'm an addict and I'm this and I'm the child of a broken home. And I'm, you may have been those things, but my Bible teaches me if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Behold, old things are passed away. While that may be a part of your past, it's not a part of your future. And God has chosen to touch your life in such a way that he will change your life forever. I'm preaching today to that one person that's willing to push through the crowd. The crowd of their family. The crowd in their school. The crowd even in the congregation they attend. Because... There may be a crowd, but through that crowd, you have to push in order to touch the man that can change any situation. The second story that I want to share with you today is found in Mark, the second chapter. And this story is a little different than the story of the lady with the issue of blood. For in this story, Mark, the second chapter a man is paralyzed. And when the Bible says that when Jesus entered Capernaum, some days after it was noised, uh, for after some days it was noised that he was in the house. That word spread throughout the community that Jesus was in the house. Isn't it interesting how hard we try today as churches across America? to have the best light show and the best music program and the best speakers in order to get a crowd. But do you know that if Jesus is in the house, that the house could not even contain, for the Bible said that the crowd grew so large that you couldn't even get to Jesus from the door, that it had spilled all the way outside. They had to sit in the overflow in order to just hear what Jesus was teaching. In order to just be near this man named Jesus. The Bible said there was not even room around the door. And he preached the word unto them. And they came unto him bringing one sick of the palsy. He was paralyzed which was born of four. I heard one man preach this and there uh, uh, some sitting here today even know the pastor that preached then, uh, preached this message. He said, one, he said, four will let you down, but one can pick you up. 
And in this instance, these four friends of a paralyzed man couldn't get through the door. So they went up on the roof and they moved the covering back and they let him down from the roof until he fell at the feet of Jesus. And Jesus was in the middle of his preaching and saw the man that couldn't get to him on his own. And when he saw the man that was sick of the palsy and the faith, not just the man's faith, but when he saw their faith, that when he saw it, he said to the sick of the palsy, Son, thy sins be forgiven thee. And the scribes and the religious people of that day were indignant about this. And they began to dispute among themselves. But after Jesus addressed them, he said unto them, unto the man, Arise and take up your bed. He said, You do something. Get up out of the bed and take your bed with you. Don't leave it here and give someone else a chance to lay down in it. Go your way into your house. And immediately he arose and took up the bed and went forth before them all, insomuch that they were all amazed and glorified God and said, We never saw it in this fashion. The lady with the issue of blood, she had to get to Jesus despite the crowd, despite the culture, despite her personal issues. She was tired of being broke, busted, and disgusted. And she pressed through the crowd just to get a touch of Jesus. Jesus saw her faith and healed her. The paralyzed man did not have the potential or ability to get to where Jesus was. But he had a few friends. Oh, and I got to talk about this this morning. Because we're talking about going back to school. And young people, if you don't feel like you can get to where you need to get to, you need to get a few friends around you. Some people that can carry you to Jesus and get you in front of Jesus until you can get what you need from God. But not just for the young people today. There's some of you here today have been paralyzed by bitterness. You've been paralyzed by depression. You've been paralyzed by your infirmities. You've been paralyzed by wrong ideas. But there are a few friends that like to pick you up today and say, you've been trying to get through the door, but we're going to take you up on the roof and make sure that we let you down in front of the man that can change any situation. In fact, the difficulties that had paralyzed him were all taken away when Jesus simply spoke the word over his life. That's why it's important to get to where the house of God is and to hear the word of God. The word of God will break the paralysis off of your mind. It'll help you get the activity of your limbs back that you can move forward in faith. But not only the lady with an issue of blood, not only the paralyzed man, but there's another story. And this story is found in Luke, the 19th chapter. It's a story of a man who did not have the limitations of being a Gentile, did not have the limitations of the prejudice towards women that that day and that culture possessed. He was a man who was not broke. He was a rich man. Luke 19 and verse 1 said that when Jesus entered into Jericho, 
that behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus, which was chief among the publicans. He was a man of prestige, and he was rich. That meant he had a lot of money. The implication is that he had a lot of money because he had been stealing money from other people. He was rich, and he sought to see Jesus who he was and could not for the press. This man couldn't get to Jesus because there was a crowd. But he didn't let the crowd stop him. But the crowd wasn't his only limitation. In fact, this man was limited by what people thought about him. Because tax collectors were people that were kept at an arm's length. If you've ever received a note from the IRS in your mailbox to say you owe $300 on your taxes, that's not a good day when you get that because nobody really enjoys hearing from the IRS. And nobody enjoyed hearing from Zacchaeus because he had taken from the money that the people of that day had. But not only the limitations of what he had really caused in his own life, but he had a physical limitation. The Bible said he was short in stature. That meant he wasn't very tall. He was vertically challenged. If he was on the basketball team, he was probably, what do they call that front guy out there? The point guard. He might could shoot the lights out, but they didn't make him play center. But when he couldn't get to the crowd to get to Jesus, he got to a sycamore tree and he climbed up in the tree. So now he could see above it. Oh, somebody here today has got to rise above it today. You've got you to rise above the crowd. You've got to rise above your personal limitations. You've got to rise above what your past has tethered you with and what you think you can't do because of what you have done and you've got to say I might have had a shady past but I've got a clean future in front of me and this time the man couldn't get to Jesus but when he couldn't get to Jesus Jesus saw his faith and Jesus got to him you know Jesus isn't limited by geography and he's not limited by the fact that you don't always get to the prime place that everybody else gets to. But if you have enough faith, if there's just a stirring in your spirit, I believe that Jesus can touch you today in the sycamore tree. This man who was despised and rejected and had limitations. When Jesus came to the tree, Jesus came to him. And before passing by, Jesus looked up and saw him and said, Zacchaeus, make haste and come down for today I must abide at thy house. And he made haste and came down and received him lovingly. And when they saw it, they all murmured, saying that he had gone to be guest with a man that is a sinner. And Zacchaeus stood and said unto the Lord, Behold, Lord, the half of my goods I give to the poor. And if any I had taken anything from any man by false accusation, not only will I give him something, but I'm going to multiply it four times. 
And Jesus said unto him, This day salvation is come to thy house, for as much as he also is the son of Abraham. For the son of man is come to seek and to save that which was lost. Some are going to be like the lady who pushed through the crowd and get Jesus' attention by just touching him. And others can't get there on their own. They've got a few friends that'll just carry them and get them to NAYC or get them to Sunday morning service. I bring them to a Friday night youth service. And there's others of you, you think your past is so tainted that you're just going to stand at a distance and observe. But I'm telling you, sir, God has your number today. He sees you in the sycamore tree. And you think your limitations are going to limit you from God. God's plan for you is to be a part of the kingdom and restore and give. And he's going to come in and he's going to put an assignment on your life. Because God not only can reap the good, but those that we think are no good, God can reap and use. And just like Saul of Tarsus, who became Paul, Paul, God can snatch you out of doing what you're doing and use you for your, his purpose. And today that's going to happen in someone's life in Jesus' name. And then I have a woman of Canaan in Matthew chapter 15. This woman of Canaan, again, was a Gentile. And her situation is different from the first three Matthew 15 and 21 shares the story. For this woman comes to Jesus not for herself, but she comes on behalf of her daughter. She said, I have a daughter that's possessed with a devil. And Jesus, I would like for you to have mercy on me. If you have a child that is possessed and you love the Lord. All you can do is go to the Lord in prayer and say, Lord, have mercy on me and heal my child. And this lady did exactly that. And as she began to pray, the disciples would keep her at arm's length. Yet, Jesus even affirmed that I really didn't come for Gentiles at this moment. But she just kept on and she worshiped and she said, Lord, help me. And he answered and said, it's not meat to take children's bread and give it to dogs. He called the lady a dog. If I called you a dog today, you would sure enough change churches. I've offended people accidentally and felt bad for it, but I've never called anyone a dog. I may have felt like calling him a dog. I might have said, you dirty dog, but I said it to myself. But you know, Jesus was a lot more bold. Jesus had a lot of boldness. And he was not afraid of this Gentile woman. And he said, it's not right that I give the children's bread to dogs. And this lady needed something from God so much that she, didn't, she wasn't going to let a simple word push her out of what Jesus had for her family. And she said, truth, Lord, yet the dogs eat of the crumbs which fall from their master's table.
And Jesus answered. I mean, look, look at this lady. Called her a dog. She said, I'll take it. She said, just give me the crumbs that the dogs get on the table. She said, I'll take the dog food. I'll take the crumbs. Just give it to me. I don't have to have the place of prominence. And when the Lord saw her faith, she said, he said, great is thy faith. Be it unto thee, even as thy will. And her daughter was made whole from that very hour. In this fourth instance, the lady with the issue of blood, all she had was herself. The man who was paralyzed, he just had some friends. In the next situation, we find that Zacchaeus was despised of others, but didn't let it stop him. And Jesus came and pulled him out of his situation and came into his house. But in this final story, this lady was praying for her children. Today, we're going to do that in just a moment because some of you have kids that the enemy would love to take their life. He's already trying to oppress them. And they have all kinds of things coming at them. Parents, not every video game your child needs to be playing. You know spirits are connected. We can get desensitized with blowing people's heads off. and We wonder why there's so much violence going on in the world. We can't be so ignorant about social media that we don't realize pornography is connected to Instagram and to Facebook. Yeah, you don't think it is. It is. And some of us have got to pray to say, Lord, I need for you to step in and deliver my child and make her or him whole in the name of Jesus. And I conclude with this, and I feel like the Holy Ghost would have me just end here with the last story. In fact, it is a story found in Philippians chapter 3. Philippians chapter 3, and the word of the Lord declares that Paul, who was writing, the same Paul that had an encounter with God in Acts 9, and when he was struck by the light and he fell to the ground, he said, Who art thou, Lord? And the Lord spoke and said, I'm Jesus, whom you persecute. That encounter with God completely changed his life. In fact, he was blind. The Lord sent him and had him wait on a man. A man who came and told him what he needed to do to be saved. The man came in and laid hands on him. Said, brother, he said, arise and wash away your sins calling on the name of the Lord. This Saul, who we know as Paul, received the gift of the Holy Ghost. And in fact, his story changed. Not only did the apostle have an encounter in Acts 9, 
But somewhere later in life, he wrote these words. And they just resonate in my spirit today. And I'll conclude with this passage. That I may know him. I already had an encounter with him. I know who he is. But one encounter with God is not the whole story. That I may know him in the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering, being made conformable unto his death. If by any means I might attain unto the resurrection of the dead. Not as though I had already attained. I didn't get it all in Acts 9. Either were already perfect, but I follow after, if that I may apprehend that for which I also am apprehended of Christ Jesus. He's saying, God stopped me on the road to Damascus. He caught me in my foolishness. But the same God that caught me, I've been chasing ever since. I've been trying to apprehend He who apprehended me. And He said, Brethren, I don't count myself to have apprehended. But this one thing I do. Everybody say one thing. This is how we're going to go back into the school year. We're going to go back in the school year with one thing. And this one thing is forgetting those things which are behind. Forgetting the failures of my past. Forgetting even the accomplishments of the past. I might have a great education. And like Crawford Kuhn stood at my graduation when I graduated from Bible college. And he so eloquently preached a message. He said, now you got your education. You have your degree. He said, forget about it and go do something great for God. And I speak to somebody today that you've got to, number one, forget about your past. Because you can't go back and do anything about the failures of yesterday. You've got to acknowledge that the blood of Jesus covers your past. And you can choose to live and die in your past. Or you can move forward in faith. And step into the purpose that God has for your life. And if you'll get a one thing in your spirit. And you say, not only do I forget. But I also reach forth to the things that are before me. I'm moving forward in Jesus name. That there's some things that God got a hold of my heart at NAYC. And got a hold of my heart last Sunday. But that's not all that's going to happen in my life. By faith, I'm reaching through the crowd. By faith, I have a few friends that are going to help me. By faith, I reach forth to the things that are before. I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God. What's the prize that Paul pushed and pressed for? It's found in verse 11. That if by any means I might attain to the resurrection of the dead, that I might live my whole life not just for a moment of personal pleasure, but every day that I might be so pleasing to God that when I lay my head down for the last time and this body now, this earthly body now has spent its moment in history and my soul and spirit go back to God that gave it, that I will now have attained ultimately unto the resurrection of the dead. I will have lived my life in order to one day be resurrected by Him. That we, number one, are resurrected 
Romans 6 and 4, rising to walk in newness of life when we're baptized in His name and filled with His Spirit. But it's just a little preview of what God wants to do at that day in which He resurrects His body up out of the earth. And the only way for you and I to get from here to there is for us to forget about that which is past and to reach for the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Stand with me today. Did you know there are three calls of God? There's the call to repentance. Acts 2.38 and verse 9. To as many as the Lord our God shall call. He calls everyone to repentance. Some people stop there. Did you know there's also a call to consecration? That's called separation. That means God never calls us to repentance so we can just go back to the pig pen and go back to living life like we've always lived before. And I know that somebody may have made you feel comfortable in your sin, but they made you feel so comfortable that you found yourself bound again by alcoholism, bound again by immorality, and I know God wants to make you happy. That's what they said. But you know, really, God wants to make you holy because He's looking for a people that have been called out of darkness. And today, there's a call towards repentance. And some, God is going to deal with them on the call to sanctification. And then lastly, there's a call to service. I was stirred by this passage in Acts 13. I want to read it and then we're going to pray. And verse 2. Acts chapter 13 and verse 2. The word of the Lord declares. As they ministered to the Lord. Those that were at Antioch. The prophets and the teachers. Barnabas and Simon. As they ministered to the Lord and fasted. The Holy Ghost said. Separate me Barnabas and Saul. For the work whereunto. I have called them. Some today are going to respond to the call of repentance. Some are going to hear the call to separation. And then some don't know their purpose, but God's going to call them to serve. To serve God's purpose in their generation. And all he needs is just a few people who will say, Lord, if you could use anyone, use me. Here's my hands. Here's my feet. I don't have much to offer. I'm like the lad with the fishes and loaves. But if you could use it, Lord, here it is. You will be amazed at what God will do with what you give him. Put your hands in the air today. I want you just to let the Holy Ghost deal with your heart for just a moment.
you want us to pray for you, that the Lord will help you, will strengthen you, and be with you, that I just want you to come press into the front so that everyone can come. Don't let the crowd stop you. It's okay to tell somebody, excuse me, you've got to press in. There's a power in pressing in. Every child, every young man. 